reading from verses 15 through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. You may be seated. If you have read your um, November newsletter, you've gotten a good biography of uh, Brother Paul this morning. And um, so I was just thinking some of the things, my, um, my recollections. And the, the first one didn't occur with, with Paul specifically, but when we, shortly after we had moved into the parsonage at um, Mount Zion Road, I was in the basement, and this was maybe, it was less than a year since we had been there and uh, taken over the pastorate. And I thought to myself, what are we going to do when they find out we don't know what we're doing? God was in it. And he sent us to Paul and Evie to nurture us, to let us, um, I don't know, grow. And so I'm thankful for, for Paul and for Evie. And the one thing that I remember distinctly about Paul that I'm jealous of is that he can just go up to a piano and just start playing. I can't do that. I've got to have the music in front of me. And I don't remember what um, conference it was, but there was a group gathering around for a dinner. And there happened to be this grand piano just sitting in the hallway. And so Paul goes up and he just starts playing to uh, help us to just calm ourselves and wait patiently to get into the dining room. And I appreciate the many gifts he has. I appreciate that he can laugh. He and Evie, because, you know, like pastors are supposed to be straight-laced or whatever. Thank you for laughter. So I am looking anxiously forward to what you have to say to us this week. Come, brother. Good morning, brothers and sisters. And thank you, Lori, for that uh, fine introduction. When um, Dave and Lori moved to the Atlantic Northeast District, uh, Mount Zion Road Church, the district asked me to uh, mentor uh, Dave and uh, uh, Evie, uh, spent a lot of time with Lori during those years. Um, <clears throat> it was seven or eight years, I think, because Dave was um, going part-time to seminary 
and he was pastoring at the same time. And so it, uh, the, the licensing period extended uh, beyond four or five years. It extended. Slow learner. <laughs> he says he was a, sl a slow learner. A slow learner. And that's not true. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so it's indeed good to be here. In 52 years of ministry, um, I preached in a lot of churches, uh, even here in, in Morrison's Cove. Um, had several re revival meetings at, um, at Raven Run, um, Waterside, Kuntz, uh, Yellow Creek, Ray, uh, just a minute, uh, Point, uh, am I missing any, Albright, uh, Dunnings Creek, but never at Woodbury. So here I am, and uh, so glad to see you, and I'm anxious to get to know you. I've been praying, and I hope that you have been too, that God's Spirit would move among us in a mighty way. Let me begin this morning by asking you a question. How would you respond if someone took you out for breakfast and afterward, that person looked you in the eye and said, do you love me? Do you love me? After that person had paid for your breakfast, would you have the heart to say, well, no. <laughs> I, I don't really love you. But then take it a step further. How would you respond uh, to the question, do you love me more than these, when these are all around listening with anxious ears. What would you and I do? Would you and I do what Jesus did? That of asking one of our weakest friends among us the same question three times in a row. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? If you and I had hosted someone for breakfast, would we ask the same question three times of the same person? What would we do? Remember that um, Jesus had asked, those, had asked that question in the early morning hour. Bear in mind that it had been a very frustrating night for Peter because he and others were fishing all night and they hadn't caught a thing. That is, until Jesus showed up and what did he say? Cast your net on the other side of the, of the boat and you'll catch fish, and they did. One of the commentators that I read reminds us that in that period, when it's not quite light and it's still not dark, it's sort of that in-between time, that's a time when you and I are tired, we're still vulnerable, we're anxious, and we're weak. It's a sensitive time. It's a delicate time. Jesus knew that, and so did Peter. And as Jesus ate with his disciples in that early morning hour, it had to be a sensitive time for Peter. He was tired because he had fished all night and hadn't caught a thing. He was vulnerable. He was anxious. He was weak. As Peter warmed his hands by the fire there on that seashore that morning, I'm sure he was thinking about another fire, 
Remember just days before, he had boldly proclaimed to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never fail you. I will never disown you. In that bold, proud statement, Peter was saying, it doesn't matter what the others are going to do. Hey, I will never fail you. I will never walk away. Now, Peter didn't have the benefit of the later words of St. Paul as he wrote to the believers at Corinth. Remember the words of 1 Corinthians 10, 12? And this should be a reminder to all of us. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. To each one of us here this morning, including myself, don't ever say that we won't fall. Don't think that we can flirt with sin, that we can trifle with self-gratification, that we can dabble with that which is impure and wicked and not have it affect us. On the morning of that last breakfast, I'm sure that Peter was thinking of another fire, a fire at which he had denied his Lord, a fire at which he had cursed and swore and said, I never knew, I never knew the man, I never knew the Nazarene. What are you talking about? A fire that would haunt him relentlessly day after day and night after night. After Peter realized what he had done at that earlier fire, you know what the Bible says? He went out and he wept bitterly. So I'm sure that Peter was on pins and needles that morning there on the seashore. At that breakfast, which I call the last breakfast, verse 15 of this chapter, and we just uh, read it, says, While they were f- when they were finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? That was the first of three questions. Now, in the English, we talk about love. In the Greek, there are actually three words for love. There is eros, there is phileo, and there is agape. Eros is generally known as physical love, sexual love, uh, erotic love. Phileo is brotherly love. It's from that Greek word phileo that we get the word Philadelphia, which is established as the, the city of brotherly love. And the Greek word agape is divine, sacrificial love. Agape is the deepest type of love. Many Bible scholars compare these three questions that, that Jesus asked Peter to the, um, they compare these to the, the three times that, that Peter denied his Lord uh, just days earlier. For, um, for Peter, Jesus' question of him was probably the most important question ever asked of Peter. Peter, do you love me? It's a simple question, and yet it's a profound question. As we examine Jesus' question of Peter, I'd like to ask or or think about um, three aspects of the question. First of all, notice the personal 
nature of the question. Jesus didn't ask if, if the world or if Israel or if the disciples as a whole loved him. Jesus didn't say, Peter, do you love your Jewish heritage? Do you love your wife? Do you love your children? Do you love your neighbors? Jesus didn't ask Peter about someone else. No, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And this morning, we need to ask ourselves the same question. Jesus asks this, the same question of us. Do you love me? Do I love Jesus? So, first of all, notice the personal nature of the question. The second thing I'd like you to notice is about this question is, notice the central nature of the question. Jesus could have asked Peter about many things. He could have said, Simon, son of John, have you made a credible, legitimate profession of faith? And Peter could have answered, well, yes, remember, earlier I said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus could have said, Simon, son of John, do you hold an important office in the church? And Peter could have said, well, yes, remember, you ordained me as an apostle. Jesus might have said, Simon, son of John, have you experienced anything extraordinary in your time with me? And Peter could have said, well, yes, remember, I walked on water. But Christ didn't ask any of those questions of Peter. He simply said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He asked this particular question because real love for Jesus distinguishes true Christians from false Christians. You know, a, a hypocrite, a hypocrite can join the church and be baptized. A hypocrite can teach a Sunday school class or sing in the choir. A hypocrite can go on a missions trip or work in the, in the church kitchen. A hypocrite may head a committee or serve as a deacon or as a minister. A hypocrite can commune regularly. But listen, that doesn't mean that he or she loves Jesus. You know, it's possible to love your work, to love your family, to love your hobbies, to love your neighbors, to love lots of things, and yet not love Jesus. You may love Jesus as Savior, but do you love him as Lord? Love for Jesus, and I want you to get this, love for Jesus is absolutely central to the Christian experience because without it, nothing else matters. The third thing I'd like you to notice about Jesus' question of Peter is the active nature of the question. Notice how Jesus wasn't content with a mere profession of Peter's love. No, he wanted evidence of Peter's love. And for that reason, Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, 
then feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. In other words, Peter, the day of Pentecost is coming. And if you love me, prove your love by feeding the lambs, by feeding the early believers, those new believers. The second time, our Lord said, Peter, if you, if you love me, then take care of my sheep. In other words, Peter, if you love me, protect the flock. This is a reference to, to guarding believers from Satan, whom we all know is the adversary of our souls. And then the third time, Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, if you love me, feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, if you love me, instruct my sheep, teach my sheep, provide direction for my sheep. This is a reference to Peter's leadership on the day of Pentecost and beyond. So you see, Peter had his marching orders as the Christian church was coming into being, that of nurturing, that of protecting, that of teaching and instructing those early believers. It was interesting, as I was preparing for this message, to learn how the word love is used in this text in the original Greek. For example, when Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? The Greek word that is used there is agape, which we know is the deepest type of love. Do you know what Peter's response was? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But in the Greek, it's the Greek word phileo. In other words, Lord, you know that I'm fond of you. Then came Jesus' second question. Simon, son of John, do, do you truly love me? Again, Jesus used the, word, the Greek word agape. You know what Peter's response was? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, the Greek word phileo, you know that I'm fond of you. My guess is that after having denied his Lord and feeling so miserably that, that Peter was even afraid to use the word agape, it's like Jesus was, Peter was saying, Jesus, don't press me any further because I, I can't use the word agape. When Jesus asked Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Here, here in the original Greek, Jesus uses the word phileo. Isn't that interesting? It's almost like Jesus is saying to Peter, are you even my friend? Are you even my friend? Jesus' third question of Peter cut Peter to the heart. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. In other words, Peter was saying, Lord, why do you even ask me if I love you? You, you can read my heart. And Jesus' response was, then Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Some Bible scholars have called this passage from John 21 the, the restoration of Peter, or Peter's restoration. You see, earlier, Peter had denied his Lord. He had failed his Lord miserably beside another fire. Now, there on the seashore, Peter was being restored in the presence of the other disciples.
disciples. So what's the bottom line of this message? How can we make personal application to this passage from John 21? If you want me to put this into a nutshell, here's what I'd say. It's one thing to say that we love Jesus, but the real test of our love is whether or not we're willing to serve him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Folks, that's total commitment. It's what Jesus asked of Peter, and it's what he asks of us as well. Most of us here this morning have given our hearts to the Lord. We've said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so that I can be forgiven and go to heaven someday. Most of us have prayed that prayer, haven't we? But my question is this. Is that where it has stopped? Is that where it has stopped? You see, accepting Jesus as your Savior is something that you do once. But making Jesus the Lord of your life is a recurring thing. You do it again and again and again. It's a lifelong process. Why do you think Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him? He did it for emphasis. Early on, when Peter declared, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that was Peter's profession of faith. There on the seashore, that early morning, in that early morning, Peter was now making Jesus the Lord of his life. Do you see the difference? And you know what? Jesus is asking us to do the same this morning. As he asks us, do you love me or are you just fond of me? Do you truly love me? If you do love me, then sell out to me. Devote every core of your being to me with joy and with a willing heart. Years ago, there was a, a brethren minister in Lebanon County, Pennsylvania, a man by the name of Elder John Hur, who lived from 1848 to 1931. One day, Elder John Hur was baptizing a man, and when they came up out of the water, the man who had just been baptized said, well, thank goodness that's over. To which Elder John Hur said, no, my brother, it's not over. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. How many of us are like that man who had just been baptized? We want Jesus to be our Savior. Yes! We want to go to heaven someday. Yes! But we certainly don't want to crown him the Lord of our lives. Jesus is using the word agape this morning when he is asking us, do you love me? Do you love me? Will your answer be yes? Yes, Lord. You know that I'm fond of you. Or will your answer be, Let, yes, Lord, you know that I'm, I'm loving you with the deepest 
the deepest aspect of love, agape love. And therefore, I'm dedicating my life to you in total commitment and in total surrender. For you and for me, what will our answer be in response to the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, in these moments, move among us in a mighty way. Help each of us, O Jesus, not just to be fond of you, but to truly love you with all your heart and with all your soul and mind and strength. Lord, I pray for that person in the audience this morning who has never publicly declared that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. May this be a morning of decision, of openly making that declaration of faith and of receiving forgiveness and cleansing and pardon. Lord, I also pray for this uh, person this morning in the audience who, like Peter, may have stumbled and fallen, who may have walked away from the straight and narrow pathway, and now wants to come and be renewed, wants to come and be restored. Lord, may this be a morning of returning, of coming again to the foot of the cross. O oh God, O oh God, may your holy purposes be accomplished in this hour, in each of our lives, as the invitation is now extended. I pray this in the name of the one whom we love, even Jesus the Christ. Amen.